prepared for today. Um, as a part of a denomination, one of the things that we are required to do is annually have a meeting that is called the local church conference. We typically refer to it as just our annual meeting. We can have it more frequently if there are specific things we need to address. We can follow a certain protocol and announce it and hold a local church conference uh, whenever we think it's necessary. Typically, we do so on an annual basis unless there's something special that needs to be addressed like taking out a mortgage or something of that nature. Uh, Over the years, the local church conference, the annual meeting, has taken on a variety of different uh, appearances. There was a period of time when we had a Wednesday night prayer meeting and we would have it on Wednesday nights. There was a period of time when we had Sunday evening service and we might have it on Sunday evening. Um, We've done it on a Friday night before. We've done a variety of different things. Over the years, as we've become, as a people, increasingly busy, uh, we have gravitated toward either doing it, um, we might, I think we might have even done it once before service, but we typically started doing it uh, Sundays after service, taking advantage of the fact that people were already here. Those of you who have been around a long time will remember uh, there was times when the local church conference was small enough that we went to Frosty Dan's afterwards. Um, <clears throat> When that was no longer feasible, we would have ice cream here, and then over the course of time, we moved away from that. Sorry, no ice cream planned for today. Uh, But at that time, what takes place is we hear reports from those who serve in elected capacities or assigned capacities in various aspects of the ministry, and we elect individuals to serve in leadership roles in the coming year. Uh, Those roles specifically being local board administration, uh, trustees, and in the years that our denomination has, or our our region has their own district conference, we would elect delegates to attend district conference. So that is taking place today following service. We'll need a little bit of time for me to regroup, shift gears, uh, but we'll look to get started in a timely fashion. I strongly encourage all of you to stay. It's a great opportunity to learn a little bit more about who we are and how things are going and where we may be headed. Um, But... uh, especially important for those of you who are currently members uh, to plan to come. Those of you who may anticipate becoming members, it'd be a great learning experience and opportunity. So I just want to encourage you with that. As this process has developed over the years, I made the shift, especially when we start having it on Sunday after church, because some people would leave um, uh, after service. I made the shift and I began sharing my annual report uh, that I prepare each year during the worship service on the day that we have the local church conference or the annual meeting. So that's what I'm going to do. And just those of you, I think most all of you or some of you are used to hearing me speak. Um, I will probably read more than I typically do. When I, when I present up here, generally I try to read um, very, very little. Because of the way these remarks are prepared, I'll probably try, not perfectly, but I'll try to stick to the script uh, a little bit more disciplined than usual. So having said that, uh, here we go. Uh, Friends, fellow believers, members, and supporters of Caring Community Church, I respectfully submit the following as my annual report for the year of June 1st, 2020 through May 31st of 2021. Again, our fiscal year, church year, runs from June 1st through May 31st. 
When it comes to writing my annual report, over the years I've adopted the same approach that I use when preparing messages to be presented on holidays like Easter and Christmas. My first step is to go back and review my reports from previous years. Since we did not have an annual meeting last year, I chose to go back a bit further than usual. During my review, I very quickly noticed one dominant theme, change. In my report in 2016, I said, I I laugh when I read some of this stuff. Uh, I said, there are few years in the history of Caring Community Church, this is 2016, there are few years in the history of Caring Community Church that have been marked by more changes than the one we experienced this year. Yeah, kind of funny, isn't it? Uh, 2017, the report contained the quote that I put on the sign and part of which is in the bulletin this week. Change is inevitable. Progress is optional. <clears throat> if you take exception to that, just think about the aging process. <laughs> just saying. Uh, 2018, my title was Changing Our Minds About Change. And I said something you have undoubtedly heard me say before, and that is, I like change when it's my idea, not so much when it's someone else's. Kind of interesting. This is not in the notes. Sidebar comment for you. I know when we announced our retirement, a lot of our minds were swirling, myself included. I found it rather interesting that in that same time period that we're working through that, Every medical care professional that Diane and I used told us they were retiring. <laughs> and so I, every time they'd say that, I thought, I bet the church may be feeling this way a little bit. Um, so changing our mind about change. Most of us like it when it's our idea, not so much when it's someone else's. <clears throat> 2019, <laughs> I was clueless, but in 2019 I said, the times, they are changing. And then 2020. COVID-19 introduced a totally unanticipated and incomprehensible level of change for each of us personally and for the church as a whole. My dear friends, in 2021, I'm here to remind you again, change is inevitable. Progress is optional. Together over the past 18 months, those of us who still call Caring Community Church our home have overcome challenges that we never could have imagined. And by the power and grace of God, we're still here. Applause appropriate. But anyway. That's the last prompt you're going to get, all right? As we celebrate that today, that we're still here, it is also appropriate to acknowledge there are some significant known and unknown changes on our horizon. That is inevitable. The question that must be answered today and in the days to come, will we make the necessary choices and take the action required for caring community to experience progress in the face of these inevitable changes? Under the heading, change is inevitable. I do not intend to belabor the point, but I do want to acknowledge that two weeks ago marked our one-year anniversary of reopening after the pandemic shutdown. I think it is important to celebrate 
our collective determination to adapt and persevere. Remember with me a few of the things, just a few, included in this journey of change that was inflicted upon us as we resumed on May 24th of 2020. Worship in the parking lot with live music, being Greg and his guitar and me running sound from the wagon that we were standing on. But you guys were here. And the better your pickups, in your lawn chairs, on your motorcycle. <laughs> then we graduated to service in the building. First week, it was a pre-recorded message because you'd gotten so used to seeing me on the screen, I didn't want to shock you. <laughs> Everybody was in the auditorium as we graduated to family worship with a shortened service so nobody would have to leave to go to the bathroom because we were trying to close those. Everyone was in the auditorium. We had a special children's lesson. We tried to have the adult teaching parallel the children's lesson. There was no congregational singing, but plenty of wiggles and little voices. Then we got high tech and broadcast to the parking lot on 91.1 FM, which, by the way, we listened to as we drove past last week on our way to church elsewhere. I heard about two minutes, not two minutes, about 30 seconds of the announcements. Backyard Vacation Bible School at two locations targeting our children. We had a hybrid communion service where some of us were in here, some of us were out there, some of us were out there listening in their car. And those wonderful little communion packets that we've come to love and adore, I still can't open mine without spilling them. Singing three songs with mask was a gra- was the next step up with a limited worship team. Then we got crazy and added five songs with mask and slightly expanded worship team. And then May 16th, we just went all in. No mask, full team plus, and it was delightful to be back. Yeah. After a summer of... of shared family worship experiences. We were thrilled in the fall to resume children's programming, only to turn around a few weeks later and discontinue it again. And then a few weeks later, start it back up again. Band of Brothers and Caring Connections continually adapted, meeting outdoors with social distancing, meeting indoors with changes to their format, and eventually from everything I could tell this week at Band of Brothers, it was just back to normal. All right. No mask, everybody stepping up to the feed trough, and it was just great. No youth group, Zoom youth group, regular youth group, no Heaven's Least Ballet, Heaven's Least Ballet, and they got creative and did a video performance because they didn't think they could have people here. They stopped and started just like everything else, and then finally this spring we're able to have a full performance. Friends, you pressed on and you are to be commended it would <clears throat> check myself here it would be difficult to overstate how much i appreciate your flexibility and commitment to keep pressing forward in the face of all of these changes and all of these challenges there were multiple occasions where it bordered 
perilously close to being overwhelming for me, as I'm sure it was for you. But we're still here. Amazingly, in spite of all the obstacles and the uncertainty, there were some areas where we not only held our own, but we actually gained ground. Just a couple of these. I, I, I won't mention them all, and I'll miss important ones, I'm sure. But when I think about our weekly financial giving, I defer to the treasurer's report for the specifics, but I will say I stand in awe at the way God has used your obedience in the area of tithes and offerings to provide for this ministry during this fiscal year. It is just amazing. And if that were not enough, then there's special giving. As I thought back through my head of this past year, there were numerous designated gifts and special offerings for special needs throughout the year. There was an amazingly spontaneous offering at Band of Brothers one night that just left everybody, what just happened to meet a need of one of our members? And then there is the recent, last I saw, nearly $45,000 in above and beyond giving to our debt retirement. Sometimes I think God is just showing off by means of your generosity. I I know with regard to the special offering, I think some of us thought we were being really, really ambitious when we were foolish enough to set goals, only to have God the first weekend say, you're thinking way too small. That's you folks. Then I would have to address on a personal level the grace and commitment with both, with which both the LBA and the congregation responded to the announcement of our pending retirement. You have blessed us in that regard. And then most recently, the incredible effort that went into the celebration of Caring Communities 40 years of ministry. So many people put in so much effort. Change is inevitable, but progress is optional. I would speak to the issue of attendance. While I am thrilled, please do not get me wrong here, I am thrilled that we're still here, and I am humbled by your efforts to help us be where we are. I believe it is also important to note there is still much to be done. Like virtually every other year, In 2021, we've seen some folks choose to stop attending. I started making a list and I stopped because I was getting depressed. We've seen some folks start attending, and that's a blessing. Even in these times. And we have seen some folks come back who had been away for a season. As I have said before, part of what I said in 2019, I readily acknowledge that attendance is not the only metric we should monitor, but as our culture continues to shift, it is something that merits our attention. Increasingly busy schedules, a move toward increased online engagement, and a steady decline in what is considered regular attendance 
are all having an impact upon the health of the local church, including ours. Since many of you are relatively new to caring community, let me just give a tiny bit of historical perspective. In our history, 2000, the church year from 2012 through 2013 was our highest weekly average in our entire history. We averaged 136 people over the course of the entire year. Now, just to give you a picture here, all right, many of you were here for the anniversary celebration. Cool deal to have a packed house, right? That was 144 people. We were averaging 136, and our facility was smaller. We just need to understand. In 2019 and 2020, our pre-pandemic, the nine months before we shut down, our average was 103 per week. That's significant. Since starting back up, 2020 through 2021, our average has been 70 each week. And I get it. I understand. I don't understand. I know there are multiple reasons some of which I understand, some of which I just don't get. June, July, and August of this church year, our average was 56. And we were thrilled to be back. This year, April was our highest month at 87. May was close at 84. Our lowest Sunday in this church year was January 3rd. We had 35 people in attendance. Now, friends, it's not all about attendance. This is not in my notes, but I'm going to say it anyway. It's not all about attendance. But having worked 40 years of my life to come on a Sunday and worship with 35 people, I have to work hard to process that. Not that those 35 people, if you were one of them, whoo glad you were here. But that, that's something I work through, something you work through. I've already mentioned this year on our anniversary celebration, we were blessed to have 144 people here and ecstatic. And there was, yes, there was an incredibly wide representation there. Please understand when I throw those things out, I'm not saying it to be an alarmist. It is not my intent to discourage you. Please, 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 especially those of you that are here, understand that I am blessed to have been in the trenches with you as we fought to claw our way back from the impact of the global pandemic. However, it is also my responsibility to remind you that progress is always optional and the battle is still ongoing. Perhaps I am wrong, but I believe that if left unchecked, declining physical attendance will eventually impair a church's capacity for ministry. Which brings me to my next comments. Speaking to the issues of outreach and community engagement, As I listened to the many powerful testimonies shared during our anniversary celebration, 
I was struck by some of the common threads contained in the comments. There was no missing themes like Christ-centered or family-focused, community engagement and outreach to younger families and adults. While I celebrate each of those things, I feel an obligation to issue a bit of a challenge by saying, it's up to you. Your next pastor cannot make you Christ-centered any more than I could make you Christ-centered. It is up to you individually, and it is up to you collectively. Your next pastor cannot make you family-focused any more than I could. It's up to each of you individually and collectively. If you want caring community to be more engaged in the community it is up to each of you individually and collectively you'll hear more about this from me in the months to come but remember your next pastor probably won't be from here and it will take a while for them to know the community enough to engage it until then the bulk of the responsibility will be up to each of you who are already here to facilitate that. And I hope all of you, if not at least most of you, know me well enough to know that I certainly applaud the desire to reach out to younger adults and families. That was one of the cornerstones when we started 40 years ago. As a 25-year-old, with a couple of preschoolers, it was pretty natural. More recently, my deficiency in this area was one of the factors in confirming that it was time for us to retire. However, again, I remind you that it will probably take a while for your next pastor to connect with young families in the area. So for now, it's up to those of you who are already here and who may already have some established connections, if that's what we want to see happen. Since I'm on a roll, I'm going to say a word about lean in or step up. I want to take this opportunity to encourage each of you to lean in and or step up. For better or for worse, like most other smaller churches, caring community has always been volunteer-driven. And I don't see that changing in the immediately foreseeable future. Therefore, if you're already leading and or serving, please continue to lean into the harness. And during this season, maybe even with a little increased intensity, if you're not currently leading and or serving, I suggest that you spend some focused time in prayer to discern where God may be calling you to step up. I'm not sure. Cheryl can shout me down if I'm wrong. I'm not sure any of our volunteer teams are overstaffed. But I'm equally sure all of us would like to see us do more. 
it just, Sarah, she's got a sign-up sheet right there. All right. I'm taking that as agreement. Many, if not most, of us are already serving in multiple capacities. And if not, we need to ask why not. One of the reasons that progress is optional is because gaining ground or making progress usually requires additional effort and or investment. Expanded ministry generally requires expanded leadership and expanded teams. And please understand, I get how much many of you, most of you, are already doing, and I do not want to disrespect that in any way, shape, or form. But I also know to get where I think we want to go, it will take more. Finally, before I close, I want to say a brief word about membership. As most of you know, we are a part of a denomination called the Wesleyan Church. And within our denomination, there is a clearly defined membership process. Historically, here at Caring Community, we've attempted to value our connection with the denomination and respect the membership process, while at the same time respecting those who choose to be a part of Caring Community without participating in the official membership process. We have always sought to make sure that people are free to contribute to the effectiveness of our ministry regardless of their membership status. However, during this unique season of transition, I simply want to say, if you are not currently a member, I challenge you to go humbly before God and ask him if that's a step that he would have you take. If you go to him and he says, you're good, don't fret about it, Who am I to say anything different? But at least ask the question. You may have noticed in the bulletin, I had Cheryl put the text, Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 through 16. And I just share this in the context of what I've already said. Having celebrated 40 years and anticipating a great future. Paul writes... Not that I've already obtained this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Friends, hear me well. If you're here today and you are a Christ follower, he took hold of you for a reason. And if you're here as a part of this congregation, then a part of that reason is what you do in this season right here and right now. I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, and this is Paul. This is a dude who wrote much of the New Testament. One thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Friends, 40 years is awesome. Woohoo! But we must strain toward what is ahead. 
and press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called us heavenward in Christ Jesus. All of us then who are mature should take such a view of things. Can you imagine after Paul said that, somebody stepping up and challenging him? I kind of said if you're mature, you get what I'm saying. If you're not, you don't get it. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. All of us then who are mature should take such a view of things. And if on some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. Only let us live up to what we have already obtained. Friends, let us live up as a caring community to what we have already obtained. As always, I want to thank each member of the local board of administration. And if you guys would stand when I read off your name, that would be awesome to remain standing. Robin Brigham, Spence Farmer, Michelle Keppen, Dan Omer, Diana Patton, Glenn Thompson, Todd Turner, and John Yerku. Thank you. Thanks also to Ron Owens. Probably listen down the hall. Hey, Ron. Uh, thanks also to Ron Owens for his continued investment as a special advisor to the LBA. Today, I thank each of these leaders for their kingdom vision, and I am deeply appreciative of the way they have embraced the additional demands created when we committed to a specific succession timeline. When they agreed last June to serve, they had no idea, I didn't have any idea, what they were in for. But they've leaned into it. Considering the unique challenges that the coming year will include, I believe the fact that every one of them was willing to allow their name to be on the ballot today speaks both to the strength of their character and the depth of their commitment to caring community. Knowing what's coming, I would not have faulted any of them if they said, I didn't sign up for this. Thanks also to Cheryl Willerick for being flexible, to say the least, and embracing. <laughs> and embracing the fluid nature of her role during such a unique season of ministry. We haven't pulled it out in a long time, but there was a document we actually created that described what we were looking for to fill that position. It would be mild, mildly amusing to compare it to what currently takes place. I know I say it every year, but as always, I count it a privilege to serve alongside each of you in the Ministry of Caring Community. Thank all of you for your commitment and your dedication and your faithfulness to Christ. Thanks especially to those who serve in leadership roles, whether I've mentioned you or not. And thanks to all of you for your unwavering commitment to Christ and to the ministry of caring community. Respectfully submitted, Reverend Stephen A. Schaaf, Pastor.
Got a little serious there once in a while, so I'll just kind of say, um, you ever watch the uh, State of the Union address, and after the president speaks, there's a rebuttal? Um, Dan Omer's going to come up and... No. <laughs> I don't think he's going to offer a rebuttal, but he does have some important stuff he needs to update you on, it, and then I'm going to do a community concern or two, so... Can you hear me okay? All right, good. So I am going to give uh, an update on uh, succession planning, but I, before I do so, it uh, struck me as Pastor was uh, sharing some of the comments, especially tied to Band of Brothers uh, from Thursday night. Now, I just want you to know that the ladies at their uh, latest Caring Connections had high tea, okay? And that resonates a little bit of sophistication. And then there's the feeding trough. <laughs> one time, one time Cheryl asked to come and speak to the band of brothers. I thought, I can't have her come with a feeding trough. <laughs> that wouldn't be right. Anyways, uh, it may be a little less than that, but Steve Eddy and John Yurku and Glenn Thompson, who often are preparing a food, we appreciate it very much. Okay, for the serious part, uh, since Pastor gave uh, the board his notice of retirement coming up, and uh, we've worked through it, we invited the regional office to come in. Quite frankly, they decided to come in, so whether we invited them or not, they were going to be here. And in early March, we had representatives that came to give us a flavor for what we could expect and what some of our responsibilities are. And some of this you've heard and some of it you may not have heard, but I want to just make sure we emphasize it because communication is usually not someone something that people say, oh, my gosh, you're telling me too much. Most people want to know, you know, some of the things that are going on. So some of the steps that the regional office has asked us to do include uh, creating a church profile. Remember, we are interviewing an individual at some point in time. They are also looking at us to say, "All right, who are these? Who are these people?" And so, when you create a church profile, some of the meetings that the board has had has been surrounding putting that profile together. And you may say to yourself, "Well, you know, what does that look like?" Well, if we're going to tell our story, um, one of the ways we do that is, "What are the ministries that we have?" And sometimes you say, how many ministries could there be? There's a ton of ministries because so many different things are a ministry. The worship team is a ministry. The tech team is a ministry. The counting team is a ministry. Children's church is a ministry. The youth group is a ministry. Bookkeeping is a ministry. On and on and on and on. And this structure is in place so that hopefully we make as few mistakes as possible. We're always going to make a few. All right, let's own it. But it's important that we do that. Then we also had to create a pastoral profile. And again, what are we looking for? 
might be a good idea if the person reading that had a flavor for what we're looking for to see if there's a match. And so all those things make sense, but it did result in frequent communication with the region. Most of that has been myself, but, you know, there's been some others involved in that as well. So this is part of the process. That process is not complete. We're making good progress on it. We made had individual meetings in April. We had meetings in May. Some of those involved pastor when you talk about the historical perspective and some of the ministry headings. Some of the things that talk about mission and vision and things going forward do not involve pastor. Okay, so it's a little different for us from that standpoint. Our next meeting is coming up on June 14th, a week from tomorrow. And like the other ones, it's going to be about three hours of focused attention. Ron has been leading us through these, through these meetings and we deeply appreciate his help. But part of it is now starting to talk about the search committee. So we're going to wrap up some things on the, um, uh, the portion of uh, church profile, pastoral profile, and move towards a search committee. Now, the search committee, as we've mentioned before, is going to be made up of five to six people. Two of these are going to be board members, um, and the rest are from the congregation. This is an important selection, and as the region has reminded us on many occasions, it needs to be bathed in prayer. It's a phrase that probably we may not always think about or use on a regular basis, but it needs to be bathed in prayer. And so we're asking for your help once again. You've seen the sign-up sheets before when the board has been meeting on some of these topics. We ask for prayer during that time period because, quite frankly, we want to make a great decision, and we want it to be led by God. So what are some of the responsibilities of the search committee? Well, we'll review the applications and the resumes. That's probably pretty obvious. Have specific time set aside for phone or Zoom interviews, and that could be lengthy. Anyone that's been involved in those type of things, it takes time. Um, So you have dedicated time to debrief with the commit with the search committee, um, there will also be in-person interviews once the candidate is selected. And there are certain characteristics that we look for, um, and there will be training for the position. The, the region will be involved in that, available for interviews both through the week and sometimes weekends, willing to ask the tough questions to allow us to vet a candidate as well as can be. Uh, known. I mean, there are times in which we have to deal with some difficult things on the board. There are times in which pastors have to deal with very difficult things. We've seen the success of what can happen when it's done right. We have to make sure that we try and do that here as well. And finally, as I listed down, discernment as to what God's will is for Caring Community Church. So these are the things that we're going to be working towards on June 14th. And so when you see the sign-up sheets in the back, I ask for your help. I ask for your prayer. We don't have all the answers, and uh, but thankfully we do serve a God who does. So thank you for your time.
up here, uh, just wanted to quick and throw out, there's a bunch of stuff announcement-wise, please watch that scrolls after the service. Uh, we're going to take a quick minute after the worship team is done, after we close the service to transition. Um, one thing that's not in your bulletin, we'll start communicating it soon, we got to wait time yet. Saturday, July 24th, um, I don't have a time yet, but we're uh, scheduling a memorial service for Pete Isham. So just uh, heads up, I'll get you more details as soon as I have it. So.